Yo, welcome to another episode of Stuck in the Middle Podcast. I am your host, Reflex. Appreciate y'all checking us on a weekly basis, man. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button today. It's the day you hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification so you get updates every time I drop a new video. If you're riding around, washing dishes, doing whatever you do, and you're listening to audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Trickta, all the good stuff, definitely appreciate you. Do screenshot, send it on your social media, text your ex, let them know Stuck in Middle is out here doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, we are a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, creatives of African descent. You hear stories, ideas, and experiences on how we can break the mold. We got a special guest in the building. Definitely want to remind you to go check out the website, satmpodcast.com. First, if you want to write for us, send us an email. If you want to suggest a guest, send us an email. Just hit us up on social media, man. Listen, he goes by the name, the African King. But most people know him as Lumide Yorokun. He is a father. He's a dad. He's an entrepreneur. He's a social media specialist, creator of Pigeon English Company, co-owner of Homeberg Company, a guy I have been admired from afar for a long time now. Welcome to Second Middle Podcast, bro. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, listen, this has been a minute. A lot of people don't know you are responsible uh, for my my book, no such thing as halfway <laughs> cover. Uh, I just wanted the public to say thank you, man, because a lot of people love the cover. So, thank you, thank you for blessing the cover of my book. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I I I think people don't realize like uh, we kind of linked up randomly, uh, but you know when you you're doing the music, you rock the shirt. And then yeah. you reached out and then we worked on the book cover. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, cause like, in all honesty, I think you were, you were the first to ever wear it in a music video. Um, and I've just like watched you from afar, even from just that that moment to seeing you do the book mm-hmm. um, and just seeing the progression. Um, I get the WhatsApp uh, messages and, and I mean, I've really just like admire like the hustle. Like nah, man, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's really more than hustle. It's just like, you know, you've been growing and getting better and better and better and just pushing everything that you're doing. It's just like, you know, this right here is like a, a great, uh, you know, 360 moment. Nah, nah. Listen, it's about you today. I appreciate you giving me my flowers. But uh, I wanted to ask you, though, how are you doing, man? You know, it's a panoramic pandemic. Like, like you know, like we say, how, how has the pandemic betrayed you? How are you? How are you doing? I'm hanging in, uh, you know, I think with with what we've gone through in the last year, like it's just been a, a, a few ups and downs of just like, all right, what's life really about? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I, you know, focus in on what I'm really passionate about? I think for a lot of people you see like, you know, the, the smoke and mirrors of some stuff is like gone and it's just like, yeah, man, we were kind of just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck to, to go to jobs we really didn't like. And I'm really at a, at a, you know, not, I wouldn't say a crossroads, but just at the moment of like, all right, what am I really passionate about? What do I really want to do? Um, you know, what motivates me every day and gets me up out of my bed? And, you know, how can I like focus in on that and, and bet on myself? Mm, no, listen, you, you, you're one creative that has always been big on putting African first in everything that you do, especially for somebody who was born in Georgia in the South, you know what I'm saying? That's where you, you grew up in the States. Uh, we're going to get into your breakout a little bit okay. later, but where did that love for Africa in branding come from for you? 
So for me, I mean, it's really my dad, uh, my mom, my whole family. Like, uh, you know, right. I think even being born in America, um, living in the South, you you look for identity. Um, and it's hard, like, you know, one of my favorite things to say is like, uh, in America, like assimilation um, is required. Acceptance is sold separately. Mm -hmm. um, so just like, you know, I'm Nigerian American, so Nigerian culture, like just being in that, finding myself in that and just knowing like, my dad is a big proponent of like, we can do anything. Um, like, even if you look at what's going on in the world now, at the end of the day, like for me, I just personally believe like Africans can do anything. We got the resources. We just need a little bit of structure. Um, mm. You look at stats and stuff like they, you know, they say like the, the African immigrant is the most progressive. Um, and it just shows you like, it's not like we need crazy structure, but if we just had a little bit more structure, you know, I think we would probably be, you could probably get eight world powers just to pop up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And I think just like my dad's like, my dad is very adamant, like, bro, don't ever in your life put no other <laughs> ethnic group above Africans to say like, oh, they can do something better. Because mm -hmm. we we are humans. We all got the resources. I mean, if you look at history, like the resources were stolen and, and it's not like they, they're gone. We, we're still providing resources for the world. So mm -hmm. just growing up in America, I just saw, you know, you see people like yourself um, and you just knew like subconsciously, you were just like, man, we can do anything. So I've just always been adamant about it just because I know like, bro, there's there's over 3 million Africans in America. Like we got the resources, the money, we, with the knowledge, the creativity. Um, there's no reason for us not to just do it. What, what kind and of structure though? What kind of structure do we need in terms of structure? What do you mean? So, yeah, so I think honestly, it's it's a, it's really like a lot of, a little bit more connecting. So like, right, how do we get to the person who has the money? Mm. And how do you then put them the idea of like, this is, this is viable. So I think the ideas are always out there. It's just like, how are we connecting the money? Um, how are you, you know, how are you getting somebody to believe in that? And I think that's maybe where a disconnect is ha happening. And then also like, um, I think we just personally need a little bit more reaching across. So, you know, like Issa Rae said, reach across. So look at the person next to you or at a, at a similar level as you and how can y'all work together? And I think with a little bit more of that, like it just puts us on a stage to say, like, all right, cool, they're doing something. Um, I think also we have to take into, you know, consideration like Africans are very like, look at your mate. And if your mate's doing something, crazy good your your parents are sometimes like why aren't you doing something crazy good and mm -hmm. and that might be um a detriment but i think we're we're gradually overcoming that um to say like all right cool like yeah such and such might be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer but you know i'm doing this creative thing and the creative thing is popping off as well yeah. um so i think like once we are just connecting the dots a little bit better and and like opening people's eyes to say like, oh, this person's here doing cool stuff. I can work with them. Um, I think we'll see a lot more change in the coming years. Uh, create or build what you want to see. Elaborate on that statement. Yeah, man, that's just my motto for my life. Like create what you want to see. Um, it just goes back to my upbringing. Uh, my dad like is a big proponent of like never give up. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, he's in his 60s and he's written uh, several books now and he's working on another book. And I just, you know, I just embody that in the sense of like, all right, for my life, what did I want to see? Um, what do I want to see? How do I take steps every day to get to that? And, you know, you got to look at your life and just realize like these things are attainable. So like, um, even into me starting Pigeon English, it, it really started out of just a desire to say like, yo, I'm African-American, like Nigerian-American, like why isn't there a brand that represents my life? Like, mm -hmm. you know, the culture's strong. We got all these people here. Why am I going to the store to get another brand um, that, you know, eat, like, that doesn't fully like embody my experience. So like mm -hmm. my, my goal was like, all right, let's create that brand. Let's let's try to build that that from the ground up. Um, and so like, I think for everybody, we're all on a journey of like creating what we want in this world. And there's no, there's the only thing stopping you is you. Like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but a lot of this stuff is mental now. So. The, the barrier to entry is getting lower for certain things every day. So now it's just really like, you know, are you ready to just um, get over those humps mentally and, and start, you know, and be consistent? Yeah. Uh, you speak so well of your dad and I, I love it. Real quick, you are a dad yourself of how many kids? I got three kids, man. So I'm I'm full daddy daycare over here. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, uh, they challenge me every day and help me grow uh you know month by month and it's it's just a real it's a real new experience but it's also just like in terms of like le legacy and generation wise you just realize like this is a new chapter in terms of like Africans in America and like I'm just trying to help them like realize some things and and, and grow within that yeah yeah your wife from Nigeria as well how, how long you been married nah so uh she's actually from America okay um yeah uh but is my girlfriend so <laughs> you know yeah okay how, how you find yourself in arkansas man i know you you arkansas now that yeah man uh so this is where like africans move anywhere so yeah. weirdly enough like uh my parents came to georgia for school um and they met in college and then uh we moved out to oklahoma for a little bit and then arkansas and then we went back to georgia so I've just been, you know, in the South. I spent some time in Baltimore and Philly, but uh, mainly just spent all my life in the South. I just, you know, Africans will move anywhere for a good opportunity. So uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of how I do That's facts. As a first generation, I wanted to ask you just as a quote unquote first generation African or African-American, do you do you sometimes feel like you, you know, like stuck in middle or how do you, how do you bridge the gap? Do you find any difficulties bridging that gap between the continent and the diaspora? Yeah, so I think it is difficult, but I think like the main issue is people have to define who they are for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we get a lot of this, like, you know, diaspora wars of like how African, like, are you African enough? And so I think we have to like um, accept in a way like the, you are, you are African, you know, wherever your parents are from, like if, if I'm Nigerian and I was born in America, like ethnicity wise, like I'm Nigerian, right? Specifically Yoruba, right? Mm -hmm. and, and can't nobody take that away from you. So we just have to accept like what it means to be Nigerian, you know, Ghanaian, uh, Cameroonian, the, the spectrum is, is expanding in my opinion. So like, I get it. 
Um, some people are like, oh, but you can't speak the language or you don't do this and that. And it's it's like it's cool, but it's it's also like, man, you gotta understand like now the 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 um ethnic group is 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 expanding in, in what we do, how we operate and how we connect back. But I think like it's is one of those things where it's like, all right, I still understand like the the cultural references, like you know, people people I, I've still had to prostrate to elders. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm still on some like, yo, only give people money with your right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just cultural things that I get it. Like some, some people might see it as watering down, but then I just see it as like an evolution. And so like my whole goal is just to educate people uh, through my experience of just like, you know, like, I, you know, I've 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 gotten like oh you speak such good English why and and it's just like you know those things you just gotta educate people, um, you know you gotta show people like oh I know how to eat the food like I had an aunt who like didn't know she was just like are you gonna eat your your you know your eba your <laughs> with, with your with pork and it's so crazy because like I had never I like even growing up in America like I didn't know anybody ate um fufu with a fork like i just didn't think that was mm-hmm. that thing it wasn't until a t- i was a teenager that i even heard people doing that and things like for some people that might be their norm but for me that was crazy mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just like how much are you willing to learn how much are you willing to just accept about your yeah. culture and like how much you just got to be like accepting of yourself like i get it like America is tough. Assimilation is tough. Um, and you're trying to like maneuver through this duality. But I think it's like you just have to don't let anybody define you is, is my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and educate people where you can, um, because, you know, there is ignorance out there. And just be prideful in, in the fact that you are who you are. And, you know, you, you you do the best to be that and show up as that every day. Yeah, I dig it, man. Let's let's dig into your your creativity bag. You know what I mean? Like people, some people might remember you from you know the brand the African King, which led to stop. Uh, I was curious about why you know you had to can or put that aside the African King brand. What brought you to you know you know having to stop that, and also what brought you to the birth of what most people know you as now, the creator, the founder, the owner of Pigeon English Company. All right, so yeah, so I I started the African King, like I said, like just out of a desire to say, like, what's the what's what's the clothing brand that represents me? Um, it represents my experience as as Nigerian American. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I started that in college, and so I was I had done a few shirts, um, hadn't done anything too crazy or too big. This is really like uh, to me like one of the earlier stages of the term streetwear. And so I think like just doing that and not getting the kind of traction I wanted, I realized like, all right, let me take a step back and reevaluate the brand. And so within that, you know, I had to think of like, all right, does the African King have longevity as a brand name? Mm-hmm. Like what is the body? Like what, what are the reactions that people get yeah. uh, with hear it and it was just like it was really like you know even in the term you got to think of like the african king it it takes a lot to say Mm. uh it can be one dimensional and like even when you try to shorten it like the the initials are t-a-k so it was just like some of the things weren't clicking for me and so i was just like all right maybe i gotta just take a step back because i'm still passionate about 
um, clothing and streetwear, like what's a better name? Like what embodies, what like better embodies what I'm trying to do. And so I just like stumbled upon Pigeon English just as like, you know, Pigeon English to me is just like a, a, a mixture of, of cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great way for us to communicate across lines. Um, you know, w- once you dive deeper into the history behind even the term, like, you know, Pigeon English is a, is a language of, of currency. So it's just like, it's a deeper exchange for us in my opinion, um, but it, it also connects us um so i've just kind of like you know tried to dive deeper into that that angle of like what is pigeon english beyond just the language mm-hmm. uh, but what it like culturally what is it through experiences how are we connecting um you know through the through the tr- the triangle per se because like even with um the african king like it's a play on words in my opinion because yeah. like you know african king colonialism um, all those undertones are in there, but I try to kind of like bring some of those things in into Pigeon English, um, just because I think there's like a there's like a you know nautical sense to the brand, in my opinion, just from the travel from like Europe to America to Africa, and how those things kind of still connect today. I dig it, man. I've heard that you ha- actually still keep a notebook of ideas that you write down. And, you know, you, I'm curious how, how many of those actually materialize into the light of day and uh, just yeah. walk us through your creative process, you know, of setting up the business and, and, you know, like putting out these products that we consume. All right. So, yeah, man. So there was a point, I didn't know how to do graphic design at all. Like I looked at Adobe suite, like, like it was a different language. <laughs> like, like, like it was more code. <laughs> yeah, basically. So like at that time, like this was like early Pigeon English days. I was just like, yo, how am I even gonna get anything designed if I don't know how to design it? And I was having all these ideas and ideas and ideas and they're just sticking in my head. And I was just like, all right, cool. The best thing that I can do um, is write them down. Because I think like as a creative, sometimes you feel stagnant because like, you know, you don't, you don't personally feel like you're moving forward. And I was just like, all right, I can't continue to have all these ideas and not write them down because I knew I knew like in the back of my head one day I'm either gonna like team up with somebody or I'm gonna have to learn it myself mm. and so I wrote down probably like two notebooks worth of ideas um, and even when I started pigeoning it's, it's not even like I went straight back to the notebook I just like it because it was a new brand I kind of just started from scratch and then like throughout the process I'll reference the book just to think of like just to see like all right what were you thinking back in that time? Mm-hmm. And then take bits and pieces and, and kind of like, you know, bring them into new stuff. Even when I, I'm at work, like uh, I, I spent half of my day designing. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I think people say like, you know, uh, your day job is is your first investor in, in your side project. Um, so, you know, just given the opportunity to have like Adobe Creative Suite, um through work I, I would just spend half my day um designing and i would i just had like you know things stored up and so i just go back into kind of like the treasure chest to say like all right let's let's move some things around here take some of these pieces and, and put it together to, to come up with new designs who's behind a brand man i know it's not a, a one-man team who's behind you know pigeon english company uh it's it's low-key I, I hate to say it's just me because it's not just me but like it's it's really me and then like i i utilize my friends 
um, and family to kind of help me get everything out. So mm-hmm. like design wise, it's currently just me. Yeah, but I guess better yet, you know, speak about collaboration, especially in this era where it's very important. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you having the resources, both being African and African-American. Speak about, you know, the importance of collaboration in this era of creativity. So, yeah. So when I first started Pigeon English, I was in Philly um, and I had a friend group of like five people and like we three of us worked together. Um, and then we had other uh i had other friends at work that did creative stuff on the side too so we would just like have lunch together and just talk about like all right what do we like to do creatively like never really talked about work um and it was just it was just a real like uh like you know it was just fun like Mm -hmm. just fun to go work like you do work but just to hear everybody's creative process It just helped me solidify myself like all right this is what i need to be doing and mm-hmm. so my friend manny like he was a he was a graphic designer at work and so i was like hey this is my idea you know can you bring my ideas to life and he was like say no more and he was nigerian american as well so we just clipped clicked you know from jump and we just worked together um in, in building like the, the the base foundation so like the shield um with the two spears um and the the graphics in the middle like he created that and i give him credit for that all the time and and, you know we 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 work on side projects together to this day uh but it was it's really just like having a a core of like five seven people and us just bouncing ideas off of each other um and out of that core like we created humbay co um and so like is is really just finding a group of creative people to work with, and and like my cousin helps me out and just like planning and getting things in order. Um, so we've had like monthly, weekly calls just to say like, hey, what do you have planned? What do you think about this? What can you get done? And it just gives me a better structure to say, like, all right, cool, like this is the type of run I need to go on for the summer, or this is mm-hmm. the type of what you need to have prepared by the fall um, to get things out you know, before Christmas or whatever it may be. Um, and we just kind of like uh, bounce ideas off each other. Like I'm really strong in social media. So I, I help my friends with that. And, and it's, it's really like, if you can't talk every day, at least, you know, set up set up a call with your friends monthly to say like, hey, what do you got going on? How can I help? And it just kind of like motivates you to make sure like you, you show up for the meeting to say like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need help on. I think it just helps people's creative process to get things out because I think we're, we're, you know, if you, if you're on the internet a lot, you're like, dang, man, this person dropped this, I'm behind, I'm behind, but mm-hmm. it's really like on pace and, and um, set consistency for yourself to make sure you get stuff out as, as you need to. Mm. How's business? How's business doing? Yeah, I mean, business is cool. Like, it's not like I'm out here just, you know, living the la- lavish life off of Pigeon English. Yeah. Um, but it is something where I'm just trying to build uh, to to be more consistent. So even I think it's really like consistency for myself, um, because I think for the market, people want stuff, um, but they want it more consistently. So I'm just trying to work on getting that out more. Um, I got a lot planned out for the summer and the fall. Um, so it's, it's just you know, providing people with quality photos, making sure the product is good, um, getting the, the shipping out on time. I know people think it's, it's Amazon type uh, shipping, 
but you know, you just gotta you you gotta you gotta put it everywhere on your website and even send out emails like, hey, this this kind of one man show. So just give me a couple of days and I'll get your shipment out there. Yeah. What influence uh, do you think Africans have on American streetwear, global streetwear for that matter? Um, you know, like what, what influence have you seen or do you think Africans have on, on American streetwear? Uh, so I think like low key, like my whole thing is like, if you don't have an African on your team, you're not going to win. In, in, mm. in the <laughs> if we look at just if we go off like um, how many Africans are in the world, it's it's a it's a statistics thing right so if you don't have an african on your team i don't think you're going to win um if we're looking at streetwear specifically i think um africans have a huge voice we just don't know who all those individuals are so i think people look at virgil um and say like oh he might be the voice but to me percy i don't i don't i don't think i don't think he specifically speaks to africans is mm -hmm. so just um he's more so to me like an african in it and we are we give him credit because you know he's getting in and, and he's done a, a really great job of of um of selling us you know uh, uh metaphors in, in my opinion um but mm. i think there there are a lot of good africans in in streetwear um i like to give um a lot of credit to Emeka obi uh he worked with 10 deep and to me, you know, he's kind of like a forefather of, of structuring streetwear for America. Um, but I don't know, if, I don't know how many people uh, know that, but it's just like, even if you look at like um, Chimodu, like he was the photographer who, who photographed iconic photos of Biggie and Tupac um, and, and, you know, rest in peace to him. And he recently just passed, but these are like people who were in it that, you know, some people know, some people don't know. But they kind of like, they they were the the molders of what we see today, um, and so like uh, there there are a lot of people uh, in it. It's just like you know you got to be in it to know them, and mm -hmm. and I they're making moves and and making headway for kind of like a new generation of, of streetwear designers, specifically in the in the African space. I also wanted to talk about you know the history of African streetwear and how it started in twenty you know two thousand and seven with Allen and Thief because it's everywhere now. African streetwear is everywhere right. now. But you know, uh, we would be doing a disservice if we did not talk highlight the history of it. And I feel like you're the perfect person for that. You know what I mean? Especially how we popping off with the thing right now. Yeah. So I like to kind of consider myself a historian um, as also being a practitioner. So if you look at like that time, like African streetwear was like low-key low would have been laughed at, right? Mm -hmm. um, depending on where you live. And so I think if you look at what Allen and Fifth were doing at that time, it was somewhat groundbreaking. Um, I think you even had a, a like one or two groups who who wore their clothing in a, in a music video and like you, you had some pride, but I don't think it like, it reached the, the country. It was kind of yeah. like, it's like a, a tri-state thing, mainly New York. And so at that time, like um, they were kind of pioneers. Um, you you had maybe two or three other brands that popped up after them um, who, who also did things. Um, I got to give credit. Um, you know, the DMV had, had a brand as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, man, <laughs> I think like the progression has just been um, uh, 
also a, a, a product of just pride in being African. Um, so, at, at, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, like, you know, if you were African, you were giving people a nickname, right? Um, even for myself, like, I went by Lou in, in elementary school and middle school. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, by by like college. And, and now you're like, man, what's my, what's my real name? So you got to give people your real name. And so what we have now, I think, is just a pride in being African. Um, I think also it's just like the barrier to entry is a lot lower, so it's a little bit easier uh, for people to create brands. But also in, a, in effect, I think like people are trying to figure out what do Africans in America actually want. Like, are you giving them like, you know, African designs uh, remix, or are you giving them like American streetwear remix for for Africans? And so like, uh, you know, like. Every day I'm finding a new brand. Um, there are a lot of people out there. I, I, I can't say everybody's name, but you know, I think like Mazizi's doing a great job. Um, mm -hmm. River is Wild is doing a great job. Um, there are a couple brands in Cali. Um, there's a brand, Little Africa, um, that's doing a great job. Uh, Mifflin is, is owned by an African. Um, and so like, there are a lot of brands just doing great work um that that i respect and, and and you know really want to see them win overall because i think like at the core my my new question is like look at your look at your closet what brands are in your closet like you know do you, how many african brands do you have in your closet and mm -hmm. it's not like people are charging crazy prices these are all uh, you know affordable uh attainable items and you know t-shirts hoodies pants jackets you know socks the whole nine um can be in your closet i i don't see any reason why not in, in my opinion. yeah and you do a great job of writing about this all of this in one trap mag where you serve also the marketing specialists great folks over there shout out to you know shout out to all of them over there we've worked with them in the past how sure. did that link up come about because i know that's fairly new or yeah not so, so, not so very new yeah yeah but um big shout out to io io had a brand as well um at one point and his brand i think I, I got to say this, like his brand, I think really created a spark for everybody to see like, yo, this African streetwear thing is really attainable. Um, but I know it, it's really hard because like um, streetwear is hard just in general, but like you got to like overly prove your brand to some people. Um, mm -hmm. but, but that's that's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, big shout out to, to One Tribe Mag. Um, we linked up because I think they just put out um, they just put out kind of like an all call of like, oh, you know, we need writers, we need such and such. And I just reached out. Um, so even before that, like I, I believed in like, you know, African culture from a media standpoint, specifically kind of like a complex or a hype beast, um, that type of thing, because like you, you, you saw like people like Joshua, Joshua Kissy, like, you know, African creators come into prominence. And I was just like, you know, where's the, where's the outlet? for us to be kind of, you know, either spotlighted or, or just talking about that. Mm -hmm. So that, um, I really just started off as, as writing articles, um, but I just kept on presenting ideas for us to grow um, and then got moved up to marketing and, and working on, on the social media, um, just because I have a social media background. Um, and it's really just like being passionate about what's happening in the space um and and doing the extra research to know like you know what's happening in the dmv what's happening in new york what might be happening in atlanta what might be happening in la 
I mean, there, there's a lot. I think people think there's this big gap, but it's just that, like, um, I think there's this middle space that a lot of us are thriving in, and, and we just got to highlight each other and, and make the connections to say, like, hey, you know, African media from, from a, like, culture, fashion, you know, tech, um, you know, all that entrepreneurship level, there is viable. Um, even if you look at, like, okay, Africa, like, you know, it, it lets you know, like, this thing is viable. We just got to get some money behind it. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, reach across to say, hey, I'm, we can we can work together to make this pop. So um, just really just, you know, seeing seeing what's out there. I put out an all call. I signed up and, and you, you just show up when, when you're passionate about something. I like it. Uh, what are you? What are your plans, though? What are your your goals for not only one tribe mag but Pigeon English uh, company? Like, what are your goals for the next year, next two years, next five years? What do y'all got planned? Okay. Uh, well, I think for for one, just for, to you know reach more people, um, you know, build the business behind it, the brand, um, you know, just let people know we're out there because I think. Uh, it can, it can sometimes seem like, oh, you know, what are they really trying to do? Is, is really just trying to be a media company um, and present a, a, a solid product. I think, you know, uh, African culture from from kind of like this new, you know, creative space is, is really encouraging, somewhat of a, a wild, wild west, but with a little bit of structure, you know, we can have our, our own kind of like network, whether it's I hate to say TV, but like, you know, a streaming network where we're, we're putting out content videos, um, you know, things of that nature. And, and and I see that happening hopefully within the next five to 10 years. Um, and then for, for Pigeon English, I mean, it's really just reaching more people, becoming a solidified brand. Like, you know, I want to have my own store one day. Uh, the, the, the super long-term goal you want to you know you want to be a global brand having physical brick and mortar stores um if you look at daily paper they got a store in america and and they're a brand out of amsterdam um so i think like you know the african streetwear uh everyday wear um case studies right there like is viable there are enough africans it's just like you know what we just need the support whether it be financial. I mean, everybody loves a little financial support, um, but it's also just like, all right, you know, link me to somebody who, who can help us all elevate. Um, mm -hmm. And how do, how do we continue to just link each other so we can all elevate? Yeah. As we witness, you know, the growth of African creatives gaining notoriety, you know, with major brands and peers alike, what tips, as we, as we round up, what tips do you have for Africans, not only in the continent, but here in the diaspora for doing better business? Uh, so I think whew, that that's a, that's a good question. For better business is is understanding and studying the craft. Um, so my best example is like if we look at like African music, Afro beats or or whatever, I think people are getting lost in in singles and how they present their singles. Mm. Uh, right. So I I run One Tribe Social and we get a lot of DMs about singles. And my frustration is like, um, bro, your your music is, is way more valuable than this DM that you've sent me. Um, respect yourself, respect your music, um, present it like it's present it like it's gold, present it like it's a, a five course meal. Like, don't just say, oh hey guys, 
what's up? I got a single. Like that doesn't give me anything. That that doesn't help me present it better to my audience, right? So if you send me a single and say like, yo, this single is is the top new best single because I'm an artist who does X, Y, Z and the song is about X, Y, that's something to write about. All right, cool. Here's artist X, he got a great song. The song is about this, it impacted him this way. Here's, here's a blog post, right? But if you just send me a link, now I just click the link, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, I don't know what to say. I got no expectations, but now you're expecting somebody else to write about your music and they might get it completely wrong. So it's like, you got to take a little bit of ownership and say like, hey, you know, this is what I'm about as a as an artist, right? Music or, or whatever type of creative. And this is what this piece is about. And, you know, every DM is not going to be a yes right away. Because like, we also get DMs for people doing um, photo shoots and stuff like that. And sometimes it just doesn't hit the mark. Like, I don't really get what's going on. And I'm just like, you know, maybe that one wasn't it, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's all about progression. Cause like, like, I'll be honest, like even for myself, like I started out, everybody starts out with, you know, somewhat try, you just kind of work on it and gradually figure out how to get better photos. Then, then you know, your design gets a little bit better. Your concepts get, it, get a little bit better. Maybe you get a new photographer, you get a little bit more dynamic. And so I think overall, like, you know, people, the DMs is not it. Look, look for, look for brands emails, go to their websites, figure out who works at the brand. Like, you know, email people, um, talk to them because at the end of the day, all this is, is human. We're human. So, you know, come at me like a human. Don't, don't just send me a DM. Like I'm a, you know, I'm your email inbox that, that you don't check. Um, so if we can just get better at, you know, building relationships, you know, treating our art more than just a DM and, and giving people, you know, some consistency and some, some, um, to meet to the content, it helps people, you know, better write about them as as a creative. I mean, present a, a better product overall. Yeah, man. I feel like we can go on and on, and you know, just you know, just getting all the the juices, the gems from you, bro. But I feel like people need to go right now, check out One Try Mag stuff that you've written on the incredible, incredible articles. Uh, Pigeon English Company is the name of the brand. Uh, plug plug everything else that you got going on, man. Well, how can people reach you? How can people get in contact with you? How can people just, you know what I'm saying, spam you with all them DMs for their new singles and, and, and photo shoots and things? <laughs> yeah, so um, me personally, I'm the African King. I'm on social. Uh, Pigeon English Co. Uh, uh, for the brand and One Tribe Mag uh, for, the, for the marketing and the culture. Um, I, on all social, it's the same. If you find me on Instagram, you know it'll lead you to Pigeon English Co. Um, and it'll and you can find at at the African King. It'll lead you to One Tribe as well. Um, I got a website, theafricanking.com. Uh, the brand is PigeonEnglishCo.com and OneTribeMag.com as well. And that's where I'm at. Um, I'm online every day, all day, for <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, so, you know, reach out. Um, if I don't get back to you that day, I'll get back to you within the week. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at, man. Yeah, man. I dig it. Like I said, I've been, I've been, you know, meaning to link up with you for a minute. I'm glad we got to talk uh, a lot of dope stuff, man. Please, 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 please. People go follow, support the brand. 
do be asking some crazy questions on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Please, please link it. Link. Let's link up, man. Um, offline. I want to, you know, give your audience a, a special discount. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you if you go to pigeonlingersco.com, uh, we can do a, a discount code twenty percent. Uh, you know, stuck in the middle or. Yeah. We'll figure it out and we can, we can, we for can sure, for sure. I dig it. Listen, we'll, if you're watching right now and you subscribe and you follow us and you follow Pigeon English Code, let us know in our DMs. Send us an email with screenshots so we get you 20% off a t shirt, a hoodie, uh, some shorts, anything for the summer. That's the, that's the criteria. You follow, you subscribe, you follow us and you follow Pigeon English Code. Let us know. We get you 20% off your next order. Yes, sir. Let's do it that way. Listen, we have had the pleasure of speaking with the African King, Alumide Yorokun, incredible dude, entrepreneur, social media uh, specialist, creator of Pigeon English Co. And uh, just all around dope guy, man. Appreciate you checking us out, man. Appreciate you kicking it with us today. No, thank you, man, for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. If you're watching again, like I said, on YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the no notification button so you get updates every time I drop something new. AK's in the background creating this thing. He don't never come out to play, but it's all good. Shout out to Ma, shout out to Inez, shout out to Charles, shout out to Achiri, shout out to the whole team, Tutu, I see you. Um, listen, next week we'll be back, or in two weeks we'll be back. The Couch Talk is coming back. We got some new writers. We got some incredible things popping off on the website. So definitely go check that out. Couch Talk, we got some incredible topics booked. Incredible, incredible guests booked. This thing is about to be popping off the summer. We outside. I ain't outside, even though I'm vaxxed. But it's Stuck in the Middle Podcast. We're going to catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, everybody. This is your girl, Tutu. And make sure you check out our online stores. You can get some SITM merch. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you hit up all our videos. We got some dope content on the way as well. Make sure you also subscribe. Hit that bell little notification. And check us out because we got more in store. Mm -hmm.